Welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening to this. This is From Checkered to Green, the podcast all about racing, as told by three lifelong racing fans and from time to time talking about the business aspects of racing as well. The green it takes to take the green. Welcome, everyone. This is episode number 12. I am Elliot Tardiff, alongside my colleagues, David Maudie and Ryan Kolpak. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. How is everyone doing? Oh, I can't complain. Uh, weather decided to throw us a curve here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, this past Wednesday, it was bright, sunny, and 51 degrees. It's been so long since we felt that. It's like, is this what warm is like? It's nice. I know. I love the warmth up here in New York, and it's gonna get. It's gonna be like that next week. I'll take it. Spring is finally here. To you, Groundhog. <laughs> uh, we've, um, like y'all, we enjoyed some warm weather for a couple days this week for the first time in what felt like a long time. Um, also, the opportunity to dry out a little bit. Um, a lot of the rivers to the east of us are actually above their banks um, and down by the Wilmington area, actually, I think significantly so. So it was nice to get a little dry weather, get a little sunshine. Um, we're paying for that today with another cold rain, but uh, this weekend is actually supposed to be very nice again as well with temperatures into the sixties, maybe even the seventies on Sunday. So uh, that'll be very, very nice. Uh, can you send some of that 60s, 70s up here, please. I think Ryan and I would enjoy that. I'll try, but with the post office the way it is these days, I can't make any promises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wouldn't hold it against you. Yeah, I'll probably Thank show you. up next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, the good news is we did not have to uh, wait very long for uh, some really exciting uh, racing action to talk about. Uh, we had the uh, the racing weekend from the Daytona Road Course uh, this last weekend, and uh, there's a lot to talk about with it. So, uh, David, why don't we go ahead and jump in and, and talk about uh, all all that happened on the twisty, high-banked road course of Daytona last weekend. I know. It, it was very exciting that this past weekend for the Daytona Road Course, and it kicked off Friday night uh, with with the trucks, it kind of was a little iffy there. They started out in the rain and had the rain tires, the windshield wipers, and the big red beacon in the back of the trucks. Um, and it was uh, half the race was actually about 40% of the race was under the yellow flag. It was really heavy rain. And near the end, it, it started to dry out and a lot of strategy change. Let's throw the slicks on. Some kept the, the wet tires on. Some went to the slicks as the track was drying. But we had a repeat winner in the truck series. Ben Rhodes took the win. Sheldon Creed was second. John Hunter Nemechek was third. He won one of the stages. Todd Gillen fourth and Riley Herbst was fifth this race actually used its three overtimes that ended under the caution when the number 44 truck of jet nolan's 
ended up stopping on the front stretch. That ended the race under yellow. It was a, you know, it was a grueling race just with the rain, a lot of strategy, cars slipping, sliding. As I said, 40% of the race was under yellow. Uh, that was something that was kind of echoed the following Monday on um, Sirius XM NASCAR radio throughout the day. But then Sunday or Saturday, it was beautiful, nice and sunny. And the Xfinity guys took off in the Super Start Batteries 188. And guess what? We had a first-time winner. Congrats, Ty Gibbs. He made the he chased down Austin Sendrick, got by him, had the better car, won it, beats Austin Sendrick. Daniel Henrik was third, Brandon Jones fourth, Jeb Byrne was um, was fifth actually. Um, Sendrick got into an accident with Almendinger near the um, end of At the, the very end of stage one. One, yep, yep, yep. yep where they the touched. And for the amount of damage that that car took in road course racing, let's just say aerodynamics probably, you know, not a big factor because Sindrick really worked hard on it with damage, almost wing it, but Ty Gibbs wing it for his grandfather, Joe Gibbs, you know, very emotional and considering the, um, he had one of the better interviews the week before his, you know, his, he kind of came off rude in the interview. I guess it wasn't his best interview and he apologized for that up front. So he, he was really, you know, he was very happy about it. Glad to see him doing it. It lands him more Xfinity races this year. So we'll see how he does. And then Sunday, it was cup action. And right off the bat, Chase Elliott had the pull and Michael McDowell flat spots him going into one, into the first turn, loses the wheel, causes a yellow. But it was the end of the race that was really exciting as Christopher Bell, a first-time winner in the cup series. So weekend has first-time winners. Winning it, he chased down Joey Logano, and I, watching it, it was it was a great chase down of it, and he caught him and did it cleanly at one, coming out of the chicane to pass him going into the final laps. Joey Logano um, second, Dan Hamlin third, Kurt Busch fourth, Brad Keselowski fifth. Very noble. Michael McDowell was eighth. So after that. At Tire, he he came back. Chase Elliott got turned around, was did not do well. His streak ends. He finished twenty first, and it was a it was a great race. And Cal Larson probably had the best move of the day. He almost pulled the dirt slide going on to going into NASCAR one, coming out of the road course portion, and um. Hit the tire barrier. If it wasn't there, I think he would have pulled off a great drift move with that, but the barrier was there. But Bell McDowell going to be in the playoffs as long as they keep in the top 30. So 
my thoughts great racing it was enjoyable uh it was it was it it was definitely better than what the clash had brought you know more cars but very exciting for all your guys thoughts yeah indeed um um really solid racing um exciting racing all weekend uh start to finish uh, a lot of big storylines coming out of it um uh, across the board, uh, Ben Rhodes being a, a repeat winner in the truck series, uh, maybe creating a little bad blood with Sheldon Creed. Uh, so that could be a rivalry to watch this year. Um, John Hunter Nemechek uh, doing well. Todd Gilliland as well in the uh, front row entry. Um, and then um, you talked about uh, Austin Sindrick and A.J. Allmendinger uh, having a wreck uh, at the end of stage one. Um and Riley Herbst also being taken out um, in that crash as well. Um, and Cindric driving from the very back all the way up to the front, uh, but just didn't have the car at the end to hold off Ty Gibbs winning in his first career Xfinity start, 18 years old. Uh, looks like he's got a very bright future ahead of him. Uh, so that's uh, that was a, a big story to come out of that. Um, and then um, in uh, the Cup Series, same thing. Um, youth on display um, between Gibbs on Saturday and then another Gibbs driver, Christopher Bell, um, the Norman, Oklahoma native on Sunday, um, winning um, in exciting style, uh, passing Joey Logano, uh, coming to the, the white flag. Um, and, uh, you know, very exciting race there as well. Um, Chase Elliott, he had the speed. Um, he definitely had the, uh, a fast car to, um, and it was a definite threat to, um, to win the race, winning stage one, uh, finishing sixth in stage two. Um, he was there, he was in the conversation, uh, and just some really bad luck at the end. And even he said on the radio, I think he said that it's going to kind of be a lottery, these last dozen or so laps, the, uh, the race was, uh, moving forward in a pretty straightforward way, but then they had a, uh, a little bit of a rain shower hit, um, a small part of the track and it was just enough to get them to throw the caution. Um, and the way road course racing works is they don't have to throw a red flag and wait for the rain to go away. Just like in the, in the truck series on Friday night, they can declare the track wet and give teams the option of putting on rain tires or not, and then proceed from there on a wet track, dry track, whatever the case. So I believe the policy was they had to throw a caution to declare the track wet. So that way teams could come in and get rain tires. But regardless, it was, it was a, a wet track and they had to throw the caution anyway. So once that did, it completely changed the dynamic of the race. And uh, Chase Elliott went from being a front runner and, and being a threat to win to uh, spinning out twice, um, nearly taking out a, a sign on the, uh, the infield portion of the track coming to the dog leg, but miraculously saving it um, and carrying on and finishing 21st. 
um, Kurt Busch, who was leading late, um, himself took a, uh, uh, did some agricultural racing heading into, I believe it was turn five, um, but managed to keep the front end of it together and actually rebounded very nicely to finish fourth on the day. Um, the uh, um, uh, Gibbs cars finishing first and third um, on Sunday, uh, Martin Truex having a promising run himself, being undone by um, a wreck going into turn one on a late restart. And then uh, Kyle Busch um, also running into trouble, actually very early on, um, rebounding from it, but uh, eventually having some, uh, uh, some problems again late, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, I think he hit the wall at one point. Um, but uh, Almendinger recovering from um, some trouble during the cup race to finish seventh, that was big. And then Michael McDowell, um, you know, his, his two big specialties are super speedways and road courses. And in spite of the troubles on the first lap, which he said may have been due to a, a tire going down, um, rebounds and finishes in eighth. And then Ryan Priest also finishing in the top 10 as well as uh, is, is uh, a big, um, big boost to the start of his season as well. So um, great weekend of racing all around. A lot of stories to come out of it. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts? The cup race on Sunday is the kind of edge of your seat road course is why I'm a fan of road course racing in the first place. Just these numbers alone. We had eight caution flags and eight changes of leader throughout that entire race. And with Bell taking over the lead at the white flag to hold on it to the win. Going into that, if you had told me that that was only his second season writing uh, the cup, I'd have looked at you and gone, really? Because uh, the way he drives out there, it looks like he was born doing this. So... A well-deserved congratulations to Christopher Bell on his win and look forward to seeing what else develops with him over the course of this season. He's got the momentum now. Well, uh, well said. I mean, he's definitely in a really good car and it's, I mean, he, he's got talent and I think this is gonna, you know, I, if this road course races, you know, with it being that exciting, it's going to be very exciting when they go to Coda in the, in, you know, in, in the next, you know, few weeks when, when they hit Coda, I think that'll be a really exciting race too. So good preview for this year. Yep. Yep. One, one road course race down six to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Well, um, that was, um, an excellent, uh, checkered segment. And now uh, I think we're, uh, David, I think we're, uh, uh, my uh, engineer next to me is telling me we got to bring it in to uh, uh, take a look at a few things and then get ready for spotlight. Yep. I hear that too. So let's put the car in, tune it up and we'll be back. This is from checker to green.
We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Enjoying what you're hearing? Feel free to join the conversation. Find our page on Facebook at From Checker to Green Podcast and also on Twitter. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Let us know. Certain topic you'd like us to cover? Tell us about it. We'd be happy to add it to the show. And if you're enjoying this episode, feel free to listen to the rest of our episodes. You can find us on podcasts.com and Apple Podcasts. And we hope you listen to more of us and tell us what you think soon. And now, back to From Checker to Green Podcast. Thank you, Ryan. Our spotlight today... Um, focuses on um, what we saw in the Daytona 500 and a, um, a driver that you don't necessarily hear in victory lane all the time and a team that you don't necessarily hear in victory lane all the time as well uh, coming through and winning the sport's biggest race. Well, what does that mean for that team going forward? So we wanted to take today and Kind of take a, a, a look at what a major win like this does for a smaller team, um, or at least a, a team with a, a smaller budget, like a front row motorsports, especially when you compare them against uh, a larger team like a Hendrick, a Gibbs, a Penske, um, etc. So um, let's uh, let's do that and let's talk about what it all means. Um, First, um, there, there has been some, um, uh, some action with the Front Row Motorsports team since Daytona. Um, so, David, Ryan, let's talk about that a little bit, and let's talk about what's happened to them. Yeah, I mean, definitely, because they ended up picking up a, a new sponsor because of that. They ended up, according to NBC Sports, and this was days after his uh, McDowell's win in the 500 car part car com returns to front row motorsports and it's going to be their primary sponsor and they're going to sponsor his car at Watkins Glen Indianapolis road course and at Daytona in August along with the, the playoff race at Las Vegas but it's it's amazing that his you know he he gets this, and they said the um, Human Akavan, who's the uh, chief marketing officer of CarParts.com, says in his statement, the story of Michael McDowell winning the Daytona 500 mirrors CarParts.com story. Both of us were building a really strong foundation under the radar. Both of us were building great teams. He was building a great race car, and we're building a great company. Then one day, everyone who overlooked both of us realized that we were forced to be reckoned with. And then um, McDowell says in his statement, it's great to have carparts.com back with us in such a big way. We always knew they were here. They were with us, part of the family and supporting us. Now we can do something even bigger and better as we start our season. We have all year to spread the word about carparts.com to NASCAR fans. I've used their site and it's easy. 
They have every part you need. It's just awesome to see this come together. I can't wait to see what they have planned for us. So it, it is. It's a really amazing thing. And, you know, Elliot, you know, why you bring some of your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, uh, David, that's a, you know, a, a very interesting story. And that's just one sponsor. Yeah. Um, who knows how many more could be waiting in the wings. Um, and not only for this season, but for seasons to come as well. Um, um, I'm, I mean, he, he locked um, eight, he locked up eighth at, at the road course. That too. He yeah. he he has a playoff berth. He he yep. definitely will be in the playoffs. Yep. It's you know it'll be interesting to see how many more races he wins. I mean, if he puts a consistent car up every week, yeah, I, it's it's gonna open up more opportunities. But it's it's definitely a you know something that i mean you, i mean you know it, it would happen you know something would happen you know small team winning it mm-hmm. and it it kind of you know i was looking through that and I, i'm gonna bring a point up and we we can we can go back and forth with the um with michael mcdowell but something i think of and if we talk about this is the late Alan Quickie mm-hmm. small team owned his own team and when you know he ran in ASA when he got into NASCAR he had Quincy Steakhouse as his sponsor and eventually he started doing well well he gets Xerox he's consistent he wins in 1988 and and with him being consistent, taking polls, doing well, he he has Xerox as his sponsor, Xerox, Xerox Antifreeze. And in 1990, I think this is very interesting. Um, at the beginning of 1990, Junior Johnson approaches him and says, hey, I want you to drive for me. Well, Quickie goes, I like owning my team. He, you know, he's a business aspect. He was a business aspect racer, business mind. He knew how put a good car out there and he knew how to run a business. And, you know, in, in 91, Xerox says um, they're ending their sponsorship with him. And, you know, before the season, 91, they end their sponsorship. And Junior goes to him as thinking, well, you know, there's talk that maybe Maxwell House is going to sign with Kowicki. And he offers him a million dollars to say, come with me, thinking he has Maxwell House as well for a second team. Kowicki says no. Junior Johnson kind of says, okay, I'm going to go steal Maxwell House from him and does. So quick, he does have a sponsor. He has the U.S. Army because of the Gulf War for 91 Daytona. But he runs well, and he gets Hooters as his sponsorship. 
and then goes to win Bristol for his third career win that year. And then he wins 1992, and, and we know the, the history of it. But it kind of reminds me of that, that the small teams can get noticed. And I think with, with Front Row, winning Daytona has turned heads. He has a solid effort at the row course. And I think it's really good. I mean, if he puts a solid effort this year, I think they're going to get, they're going to probably attract another sponsor down the road. Yeah, that's certainly the hope. And um, uh, Jerry Freeze, who's the general manager of Front Row Motorsports, is quoted in an article by Dustin Long of NBC Motorsports as saying that they're hopeful that, um, you know, they're, um, their big start to the season will help translate into more sponsors, not only for this year, but for the coming years as well. Uh, he's quoted as saying, um, uh, it all has to do with part with partnerships for us. And it's always just trying to marry the driver with the partner and the program to make it all fit and make it all work. Unfortunately, front row just hasn't been in a position to do multi-year deals with sponsors so we've been single year deals with them, just like we've been with the drivers. So with, um, uh, with the additional attention of a Daytona 500 win um, and with some financial benefits to that as well, um, not just from sponsors, but from uh, the, the NASCAR point system as well, which we're going to get into in a minute, um, maybe this puts them in a position where um you know, they, they have a driver in Michael McDowell who has demonstrated to be a solid driver. They've demonstrated this team, and they have over the years, to be a solid team, especially on certain types of tracks. Uh, the big challenge for them will be whether or not they can carry this momentum through some of these, um, through the, the cookie-cutter tracks, through maybe even the short tracks as well. Um, but, um, you know, especially these ones where aero and engineering really become, uh, uh, important. That's, I think where they may struggle a little bit, but if they can run consistent top 20, maybe top 25, well, then they've got something to build on. So there's that as well. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and uh, consider, go ahead. Oh, sorry. And considering Daytona is a big purse as well. I mean, you know, you know that, that's a lot of good money going into that. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a huge payday, just that unto itself. Um, but then there's also the, um, the financial benefits from not only finishing higher in the points, mm -hmm. which um, according to um, Dustin Long's article, um, the 34 car finished 28th, 28th, and 25th in owner points from 2018 to 2020 respectively. So you're going from a 25th to 28th place effort and payout to 16th at the very least. Yeah. That's, that's a huge jump. Um, and they, they um, quote a source um, or they cite a source with knowledge of the charter system that says that this win unto itself will give Front Row Motorsports an additional $1.6 million over the next three years. Just this one win. And more than a million of that just being paid next season straight away. Um, and they also point out that 
this is uh, a di- you know for a team that with you know more limited budgets like a front row, it's that much more important for them as they transition to the next gen car in 2022. You've got a lot more cabbage to to, to play with, so um, that will make that transition and keeping them competitive into 2022 um, that much um, more accessible with a little more cabbage to play with. Yeah, I mean, definitely for sure. I mean, it's, you know, that's, it's definitely, you know, small teams do have struggles and, I mean, you see it at all levels of sport. I mean, if you look at people who run, um, you know, shoestring budgets, um, it's sometimes they're they're maybe missing a week or that. I mean, look at, go back to when we had all the start and parks a Mm. few years ago. Yep, and McDowell was one of them for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it was. I mean, McDowell, Morgan Shepherd was one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's another small team. You know, I, yep. I, I think one of the good, um, you know, it kind of makes me think about, you know, you look at small teams, look at ARCA and, you know, if you watch the ARCA race about Andy Jaconiak, the guy from um, the Buffalo, New York area. Yes. Who, who runs, who has run. I've seen him race in person. I've seen him race the indoor auto racing series. Um, he's, you know, he, he's a talented racer. He's uh, right. You know, his, his father, uh, the late um, Tony Jaconiak um, and his uncle, the late Tommy Drewer were really good racers um WIVB Buffalo um Channel 4 uh, Jerry Sullivan had a really good article out there this week he he wrote about it and talked with Jaconiak and and I mean he's a pizza delivery driver and he puts all that money into a budget you know into his race car where he puts it into a home or something and there's just, you know, when you land that sponsor, it, it's going to help relieve your costs. It does put you up into that next level. Some of these teams are do struggle to survive, and they may have to sell off their charter. They may not make a season. Um, some of these guys are just trying to make a living out there, and it's tough. It is very tough. Um, yep, and just I, trying to get from from race to race, yeah, and uh, pay off their their bank loan or what have you. Yeah, and um, yeah, just be able to to keep going every week. D- Dale Earnhardt was one of them in the beginning. He was. Yeah. He he really was. He I mean, I mean, he landed in the you know when when he teamed up with you know. Childress and all that and you know and he you know he did win a championship and you know started getting notice and junior johnson helped push him to childress back then and even today it is you know the costs go up 
Yep. That that's the one thing that's gone up and up in auto racing has been cost. Yep. And they're and, gonna try and reset that next year with the with the next gen car and uh, you know, there's been you know a fair bit of um, you know rumblings that um, it will, but um, yeah, there's there's also been some rumors that it may also pair uh, the number of jobs available in the industry as well. So um, we'll see what happens there. Well, and sometimes that's going to be a trade-off. Is mm-hmm. you know if you're going to lower costs, um, you know some team you know people may have to cut budgets. You know they're they're going to have to figure out a new budget. I mean, think about IndyCar. You know when when did they bring out the the new chassis the the more affordable indycar well that was shortly after dan weldon passed away in 2011 it, you know in 2012 well it has taken um almost eight nine years to start getting quality cars in the field in- in in some ways, yes. I mean, they're yeah. trying to, to boost their car counts for sure, and you know, the number of competitive but, cars too. Yes, but that's a bunch of, and you're seeing it in NASCAR as well. But you see a yes. lot of these owners reach out to do technical alliances. Yep. Um. Uh, let I mean, I, I'm trying to think one off the top of my head. Um. Who you know. Hendricks got one with with one of the teams out there, um, one one of the Chevy teams. But look at Roush Fenway; they're all supplying engines to everyone. You know, so it's I I mean, I think you know some of these smaller smaller teams, I. You know, I, I think the next gen is going to be good for them, but I, I, I go back to the statement that McDowell made. I think making that statement, winning Daytona, gives a lot of hope for smaller teams out there. It, it does, um, no question. And Spire Motorsports is another example of that too, um, having won the July Daytona race in 2019 um, due to weather. Uh, yeah. That was a, a big deal for them. You talk about, um, you know, we talked before about, you know, teams just trying to get from race to race. And um, there was, um, you know, some consternation, I guess, about uh, Spire um, uh, winning that race and the owners of the team and who they are and uh, whether or not there's a conflict of interest there or what have you, because they work extensively with, um, uh, with sponsors, trying to pair sponsors with different race teams and things. Um, but supposedly this was um, a couple of people, you know, that uh, are a part of um, that company, that Spire company that wanted to form a race team too and go racing themselves. Um, yeah. And they took out a $6 million uh, bank loan to make it happen. Uh, so um, Justin Haley winning that, um, that race was a, was a big deal for them as well. Um, and now here we see going forward into 2021, they have expanded to a second car and brought on Corey LaJoy. Yeah, um, they, they took the um, Levine. They, they got the Levine. It was, was it Levine or Baldwin they, they got the charter from? 
might have been Le- uh it's a good question i think it was levine but i'm not, not sure i think it was but it yeah it either was levine or baldwin yep um so that that's a you know a a, a major move forward for them as well yeah um but at the same time a daytona 500 win does not a season make um and the last time our last episode we were talking about this night i was thinking of um uh of Derek cope and mm-hmm. the number 10 car um who won the 1990 daytona 500 in surprising fashion after uh dale earnhardt had yet another last lap heartbreak uh, with the tire going down in turn three chicken um, bone yep Sorry. um and and uh coming from nowhere to win the race. Um, well, that was big for them, um, you know, but they, um, you know, it was a, a pretty well-established team. Uh, Bob Whitcomb buying the, um, uh, what was left of DeGard Racing, a very mm-hmm. f- uh, famous and successful team uh, from the, uh, I believe the late seventies and, and early and mid eighties. Yeah. Um, and so they, they had a, a solid framework there uh, they had a good sponsor in Purolator. They had a really good crew chief in Buddy Parrott. Um, and, you know, Derek Koch goes out and won the Daytona 500 and to start the 1990 season. Well, rock and roll. Well, it didn't work out so well for them. Um, they had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, according to racingreference.info, uh, they had five DNFs in the following eight races. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, uh, they didn't finish on the lead lap once. Um until the 10th race of the season at Charlotte was when they started to find their footing again and then won the following week at Dover. Um, and that was as good as the season got for them. Uh, they had a number of, uh, another number of DNFs uh, to uh, round out the last third of the season, 10 of them in total for the season and finishing 18th in points, despite having won two races. Um, those two races were their uh, two race wins were their only top fives. Um, and they had a total of six top tens on the season. So um, that it was a, a very hot and cold season for them. Um, and, you know, they, they weren't able to translate that Daytona 500 championship into a great season for them as well. Uh, yeah. And they had, um, uh, I don't believe they, they won again in 1991. Uh, and then by, I think, 92, uh, I think they, um, at the end of the 1992 season, they went their separate ways. Um, and I believe the team may have disbanded at that point. So, um, uh, so yeah, um, you know, they were a good team at times. Um, you know, and certainly a Daytona 500 championship is testament to it, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee success. So yeah, that all of these different, um, uh, you know, past histories of, you know, single car or independent teams or what have you, um, uh, winning the biggest race of them all, um, you know, there's, there's different, um, paths to take so it'll be interesting to see what happens with um with mcdowell with front row motorsports certainly um you know with their with their their past successes Mm -hmm. um it will be a huge help to them 
um, the additional money that they will get um, as a result of today's charter system will also be a help to them. Um, they've got some very sharp people over there um, and that'll be a help to them as well. Um, and, you know, now they're like, David, like you talked about, they're a playoff team yeah. and they're going to be a playoff team for the rest of the year. So um, that will only seek to, that will only serve to increase their visibility um, in the garage to sponsors and there's their sponsors starting to, you know, really starting to um, jump into the sport again. It's really refreshing to see um, all of these different people that are saying, Hey, we want to jump in. Uh, you know, we want to be a part of this. Um, uh, you know, a really notable one here this last week was uh, Marcus Lamonis um, yeah. of the TV show, the prophet um, also uh, the owner of camping world um, and a long time um, supporter of NASCAR racing in some yeah. form or fashion jumped in uh, with a sponsorship deal with uh, Trackhouse Motorsports, the 99 entry, uh, cup entry. Um, so that that's big. Um, that is, that, that, that's really big because I, I mean, he, you know, Marcus Simone is, is um, you know, if you watch The Prophet, I mean, he, he's really smart. I mean, he's a good businessman. You know, you watch it, you get a good understanding of how a business should work. I mean, Camping World sponsors the truck series. He partnered with um, uh, Cal Bush's Rowdy Energy Drink to sell that in stores. And interesting thing, I was doing a little reading about this, and this is the second time that um, Camping World has sponsored uh, Suarez. In 2017, um, Suarez had Subway for five race or for six races, and it was at one of the races, NBC pre-race. They get Daniel Suarez to hand out donuts. Well, it says Dunkin' Donuts on it. And Subway like goes, no, 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 no. They're a competitor of ours. We're, we're terminating the agreement. So they were going to be without spots, without Subway for one race. Well, Marcus Lamontis tweets out, I'm, I'm going to go in on this. And he did. So it, it's good to see them to pair back up. Um, I like what Marcus does. And I think the one thing that Marcus can bring uh, and I, I love his thinking because, you know, he's just, he knows what it takes. He's, um, yeah, he's got a really, really sharp acumen. Really yeah. Sharp. And, and when I was going for my MBA, um, we would watch his course, his show in, in my finance class. And this is what kind of helped part of him listening to him and, and taking these courses kind of helped spark the idea when I brought to you, Elliot, about doing this podcast. And, you know, his, his sharpness, I could see him down the road and I wouldn't be surprised he does this is he probably talks to some of these. I, I wonder if he does talk with these teams that 
times to say, hey, maybe you could do this or, or do that. I mean, he's always great to advice. I mean, if you watch The Prophet, he always opens up their advice to, he tells them, even if the deal falls through, hey, come back to me. You know, if you need help, I'll help you. And I think, you know, that's another good, you know, good thing. You know, he could have went to any big team and say, I'm going to put sponsorship in, but he's a, he, he likes supporting small businesses. So what does he do? He puts it into Trackhouse Racing, his sponsor. He helps Rowdy, you know, he helps Rowdy, Kurt Busch's company out. And you know, Kurt Busch has a lot on his plate. Helps them out by saying, we're going to sell these in your store. So, you know, I, you know, I think small teams are starting to get the look at it. And I hope this continues for years that these small teams get a look and, and start becoming competitive. I hope so too. Um, it's, you know, the, the competitiveness in NASCAR is just like the tide, you know, rising tide, rising competitiveness, it lifts all boats. Um, Ryan, do you have any thoughts? If you think about it, um, especially being the uh, small team market that they are at the moment, the win at Daytona and the exposure that they get from it, it puts them in a rather unique position if handled properly business-wise. Like this could put them in the position to not only bring back some of the longstanding sponsors, maybe not to them, but to get enough of the attention to bring it back into NASCAR at large. But this positions them where they could act as a brand ambassador and get out there, generate some positive buzz for NASCAR and bring in some new sponsors, sponsors that have never been in NASCAR. Cause they can go, Hey, you know, these young up and comers in these small teams here making a big splash. I wouldn't mind having my name attached to that kind of, you know, positive press. I think handled properly. I would be a boon for NASCAR's business. Indeed it would. Uh, there's a lot of newness in NASCAR right now. And um, as you pointed out, handled properly, it'll be a great, great thing for the sport as a whole. Um, and as we've talked about before, it is needed sorely so this year. Um, so that was an excellent spotlight segment, gentlemen. We are going to bring it back in um, and get uh, make sure all the, the lug nuts are tight. Uh, make sure that um, all of the, uh, the interiors, right. Make sure that, that, uh, rear view mirror is glued on just, just so, and, uh, we're going to get ready to go and take the green, uh, and we're going to, uh, uh, preview, uh, the upcoming race weekend at Homestead on the other side of this break. This is from checker to green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Looking to give your business an edge over your competitors? Consider Samurai Graphics. Looking to update your logo? Perhaps create a new set of business cards, new letterheads? Whatever your business needs, Samurai Graphics can help you design and produce everything that you'll need to make yourself stand out amongst your competitors in a crowded market. For interest, if you're interested in any of the services and products that they provide, contact Samurai Graphics at Samurai Graphics 716 
at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Welcome back, Grace fans. We have the green flag in the air, and we are going to talk about in our green segment, as Elliot mentioned before the break, Homestead. Back in Florida, we've got the Oval at Homestead this weekend. It's Xfinity. It's the Cup Guys Xfinity this Saturday. Cup Guys at um, on Sunday. A Sunday or Saturday's race is um, going to be run at four thirty. Is the Green Flag Sunday's race time for Green? For the Dixie Vodka 400 is going to be 3.30. Uh, guys, a little bit about the, for the Contender Boats 250 at Xfinity Stages 40, 80, 167. And for the Cup, the stages are going to be 80, 160, 267. We've got... Um, we, we do have the starting lineups for this. And for the Xfinity, Austrian uh, base, they didn't have qualifying. It was based on the metric system that they did. Austin Sindrick and Daniel Hemrick have the front row. Harrison Burr and Brandon Jones are going to be in row two. That's Jeb Byrne and Brett Moffitt, Brandon Brown and Justin Haley. Jeremy Clements and Myatt Snyder round out the top. Uh, round out the top ten. Let's see some other notables. Ty Dillon will be thirteenth. Um, Noah Gregson starts twenty third. Riley Herbst is going to be twenty starting twenty ninth. Timmy Hill thirty third. And then for the Cup Series, the starting lineup based on the metric system, Danny Hamlin starts on the pole alongside Joey Logano. Christopher Bell, last week's winner at the Daytona Road Course, is going to be um, going off in third. Kevin Harvick, fourth. Row three, Kurt Busch, Michael McDowell. Row four, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Priest. Row five, Martin Truex. And Cole Custer, Chase Elliott will be 11th. Um, Eric Jones, 18th. They've got 38 cars for this weekend. Xfinity's going to have 40 guys. There's 38 for the cup. Bubba Wallace will start 19th. And let's see here. Chase Briscoe will be third. Uh, will start 30th. And Matt B. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto, uh, another driver, 37th. Guys, do we think we got another first-time winner in either series? Maybe a first-time winner for the for the season, but whether or not we see a career first-time winner um, remains to be seen. Um, I, I kind of have my doubts uh, this weekend, again, just because uh, Homestead generally being uh, you know a mile-and-a-half track, uh, even if it's not necessarily a cookie cutter, um, it's um, uh, it's still one of those where aerodynamics and engineering 
to it, teams that are well-funded um, generally carry the day. So I think one of them will. Uh, I think the, the closest ones that may have something to say about that, um, maybe somebody like a Ryan Priest um, or um, uh, maybe even Bubba, um, but I, I just don't see anybody else, um, you know, trying to uh, in the in a position to break through and win their first career race um, at Homestead this coming weekend. Um, I think you've got some solid names up front. You've got some solid names out back as well. Uh, the mm -hmm. 24 of Byron, 42 at Chastain, uh, Matt De Benedetto starting basically shotgun on the field. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how far uh, they move up, uh, which I think they will. Um, and then at the front, you know, who takes advantage of starting up front and stays there? Um, you know, Hamlin certainly um, can do really well here. Ditto Logano, uh, Harvick as well, um, uh, Keselowski, um, Truex also. But uh, so there's there's definitely a lot of names up there that that can win. It's just a matter of um, uh, who actually gets it done. On the Xfinity side, um, it's pretty notable to me that um, even though they have a, a, a starting field of 40 cars there were two cars that uh, didn't make the race. There were 42 entries for this mm -hmm. weekend, uh, which is pretty exceptional to me um, for Xfinity, because I don't think we've really seen that here in recent years. Uh, one of those, unfortunately, that's going home is Jordan Anderson, uh, who uh, moved over from the truck series to try and run uh, Xfinity this year. And unfortunately it's not going very well for him thus far. So um, hoping for better things for, for him going forward. Um, but here again, you've got some really solid names up front. Um, mm -hmm. You've got a couple of, of um, solid names out back, uh, Gregson, Almendinger, Herbst. Um, but uh, I think, you know, the, the people that are up front are probably going to be the ones contending for it, uh, yeah. be it any of the Gibbs guys or, you know, Cindric certainly, um, you know, has, has shown himself to be dominant thus far. Um and I think it'll probably end up being one of them as well. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, they, they were talking, a lot of people think Tyler Reddick could be, you know, could get his first win this weekend in the, in the cup series. But the only, the only thing is, is he's far back and, and with Homestead and, and you're right, it, it's, it's similar to a cookie cutter track with it being a mile and a half, but aerodynamics play in, but it does sometimes race like a cookie cutter. They get strung out. They, they get single file. You get some passes. So, I mean, for anyone in the back, they're going to have to take advantage of maybe some pit stops to gain some positions about, I mean, you're right. I think it's going to, you're probably right. It's probably going to come in within the, the winner's going to come in with the first few rows, both weekends. And I, I don't know, part of me's thinking, you know, does this become like, you know, the, is this a race that, you know, and there's talk that, hey, maybe if it's a Harvick or a Hamlin and a Keselowski, when it, does this kick off a, you know, three, four win streak that pushes them forward. So this is a track that 
you know, if you've had trouble in the first two races, having a good finish, maybe winning it for a driver like Harvick or um, both Bushes or Keselowski or Logano, Hamlin, maybe this gets your, your season going. Um, after, you know, you, you know, the first two races at Daytona, but it would be neat to see Bubba Wallace win it. So I think I'll, I'll watch it this weekend. I'll see, you know, what happens. I'll, I'll definitely have some mental notes going through it. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Ryan, your thoughts? Like one driver we should be keeping an eye on who will be looking to bounce back from a few disappointments early on in the season is going to be Chase Elliott. I won't be too surprised to see him making some fairly bold moves on this track to move up in the pack and get a, I'd say he's going to, his minimum bid for this race is going to be a top five. Yeah, absolutely. No question. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's got, I mean, he's got to, he's got to definitely bounce back after what happened at the Daytona road course, you know, not let, I mean, I know he was riding that wind road course win streak but th- this is a point where you can't let your confidence take a shot no this is definitely the point where if you can bounce back and get a good high placement finish on this you can get your season back on track yeah and you can put that behind you and look forward yeah most most certainly and uh, one more thing to think about as well uh, this is going to be the first race weekend of the year where we move to, uh, especially on the cup side, uh, the high down force, low horsepower uh, aerodynamics package yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and so that will put a premium on handling and staying in the throttle for as long as possible. I don't think it's um, as much of uh, a thing on the Xfinity side, if at all, um, but uh, definitely on the cup side. So um, uh, the person that stays in, throttle the longest will probably win in dominating style yeah and it's going to be and they'll definitely be interesting i mean i think you gotta see i mean i think the key points to see is it i mean this is a track that you um don't see too many yellows at nope um so where you where you're gonna where you're gonna need to gain those advantages is one, you know, green flag pit stops. You're gonna have to try gain those advantages and and not get nailed for a penalty. But the starts, the restarts, are going to be the are going to be crucial. Yep. And. It's it very well probably is going to be a you know one like we said one of those top cars starting off are going to probably do it. Yep. But stranger things have happened. Yep. <laughs> so and we that the truth of it. Yep. And we know how uh, critical restarts are at Homestead, yeah. especially late in the race. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but speaking of looking forward to things. Um, Looking forward now to our final thoughts for the episode, uh, for this episode, uh, we wanted to talk about Indy and talk about the Indy 500 um, coming up here in 
three short months, um, it'll be time for the greatest spectacle in racing. Um, and there was some big news uh, that came out here in recent days. And mm -hmm. so, uh, David, why don't you talk about that and, and tell us what uh, what the latest hubbub is uh, yeah. at, at, uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Uh, most certainly. And, and Marshall Pruitt broke this. Uh, actually, I saw it on the Indianapolis um, Speedway Facebook page. But then Racer.com had it, uh, Marshall Pruitt, shortly after wrote the article and they are planning Roger Penske's planning to have fans for the running of the 105th Indy 500 last year. They didn't have fans. They kind of did a um, fan set at Georgetown and 16th and listen to the cars go by, tried to look at video boards through the gates. Um, this year, they are planning to have fans. Um, with the race being more than 90 days away, the call to, um, per the article, they don't know how many fans they're going to have. They don't know how they're going to do tickets, but this has been with the downturn of COVID cases, um, things and the growing availability of vaccines targeting COVID-19. So they, they've looked at that and they said, I get, you know, they're going to have fans. Um, it's, you know, New York state just announced they were going to have fans for things. So we don't know what protocol is going to be. Um, if they take the point of like the NFL um, and some of these other sporting events, um, Buffalo Sabres just did this recently in the NHL. They're going to maybe allow, I, I would say you're going to see your um, ticket holders, your seasoned ticket holders probably have um more ha have first preference but then probably 72 hours out they're gonna have to go get that COVID test um you know if they let fans into carb day you gotta you gotta figure out that's good and, and qualifying you gotta figure they're probably gonna have to do tests further out um and it may hurt to say you you know if you you know it you know, it's um, the thing in Buffalo showed how many negative tests there were and it helps drive down the rate. So I think it, we're going to hear more get formalized in the probably in the next few weeks. But I I'm going to take a bet. I'm going to guess they're probably going to be about 25 percent capacity might be less maybe a little bit more. And I think they're going to have to do that 72 hour rapid COVID test. But you also have fans. It, it, the other question is wh how do you just limit it to people in Indiana or is it across the States? And they're going to have to address that as well. So we'll see. <laughs> yep. Um, 
you know, as, as a lot of things are right now, um, you know, still uh, kind of up in the air, but um, it definitely seems like things are heading in the right direction. So that's always positive. Um, and hopefully this year, um, you know, especially with things going in a good way now, I don't necessarily know if it was um, the case last year, um, even with um, the 500 delayed as it was, um, hopefully with the, with the um, you know, positive developments and numbers and things, um, and hopefully they continue, um, that we'll see, um, we'll see fans, um, you know, and one of the most important parts of the Indianapolis 500 experience is, um, you know, seeing those fans, uh, you know, on the front stretch and uh, waving their hats and, and cheering, uh, you know, on the, in the, um, the grandstands in the corners as well. Um, it's, it's a special part of it. Um, and so hopefully it does this year. It is. And I, I think it will be. Yeah, I hope so. Roger Penske and his group, they've, they've worked really hard to put a top-notch facility together, um, you know, and bring the, the, you know, the, uh, the premier racing facility in the world um, to a, uh, a degree of perfection that is uh, befitting the Penske name. So that would, um, I'm uh, hoping that more people get to see that this year, for sure. Right, and your final thoughts? Not that someone like Roger Penske needs to be told this, but you know, just to float it out there so it doesn't go unsaid. I think the best bet for, you know, like you mentioned, how would they check people from outside of Indianapolis is to follow the format that the NFL put in place because it was really, really good and very easy to put in place. Is everyone who has a ticket in the stadiums that required this, before you were admitted, you had to show both your ticket and paperwork from any of the, uh, testing facility showing that yes you were tested for covid and it showed negative you have both of those things and like okay come on in enjoy the race that would be able to be implemented at low cost it could be done with the ticket collectors at the gate and even if people come from out of state it's still just as simple you got to show both of those things or you don't go in yeah, it definitely. I mean, it will be interesting to see how they figure out the aspect. Um, maybe one thing to look for is to see how um, March Madness does this this year. They're going to allow fans, so that may be something that maybe they could use with um, March Madness being in Indianapolis. So we, I, I'm sure we'll have more of this coming out. So. You make an excellent point, sir. That'll be an excellent way to gauge. Yeah. So, gentlemen, it's been a great episode. We had fun discussions. We've got Homestead this weekend. We're going into March. Racing's picking up more. We know NHRA's coming back next month. We got IndyCar soon to follow later. Formula One. And we've got dirt racing coming back with the outlaws so racing season's picking up and to our listeners thank you for listening please you know support us get the word out 
tell people about the you know you know if you're enjoying this podcast let people know we we definitely love you know we we definitely appreciate everyone who's listening indeed uh uh, if you like what you hear today um or any other episode um please hit that subscribe button um and uh leave us some some comments on our uh social media pages facebook twitter um and uh let us know what you think um uh this is uh hopefully going to be a really, really good year. We've got some really good ideas for some things that we'd like to do. Um, and uh, got some really good racing uh, coming up this weekend and can't wait to talk about it on the next episode. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. We appreciate everyone who listens to this show. Thank you as always. And we will catch you on the next round. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green podcast. (laughs) 